Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. blessings and welcome to another edition of the how now podcast where we talk about how to live in the now i am your host kim martin raymond i'm a minister spiritual life coach author and founder of redefining you llc where i help my clients to realign themselves mind body and spirit and if this is your first time listening into the how now podcast welcome Make sure that you go over to my website, www.hownowpodcast.com and pick your favorite podcast platform, or you can click on the banner and it will take you to the How Now YouTube channel where you can like, follow, share, and subscribe. So make sure that you go to www.hownowpodcast.com and tune in. We look forward to you joining us on our weekly show that airs every Wednesday at 8 p.m. So this month is, is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we wanted to make sure before we close out the month that we talked about this because there are so many things that are going on in this world, things that are going on that are affecting not only the lives of people individually, but it's affecting others. We've been hearing a lot of things in the news. We've been seeing a lot of things on social media. We've been hearing terms like gaslighting and people struggling with with being misdiagnosed or misunderstood. And we really want to talk about advocacy and we really want to talk about what's happening around the the whole issue of mental health. And so to help me talk about that today is my lovely guest. And as is customary with the How Now podcast, I'm going to have her to introduce herself at this time. Hi, my name is Vicki Joe. I'm a recent author of a book called My Sanity Quest, Tears, Trials, and Triumphs. It is about my mental health uh, journey, to put it mildly, psychiatric abuse, mental health crises with police officers, mental wellness, stereotyping me, misdiagnosing me. Uh, I am a public speaker. I go out to police departments, mental health consumers, mental health providers, and I share what it's like to really have a mental illness or have told you you have a mental illness. And basically what I'm doing is concentrating on sharing my message as openly and boldly as I possibly can in hopes that somebody can be helped. Awesome. Awesome. We are so glad to have you here with us today. So glad that, that you are willing to share your story and, and to talk about the importance of mental health and advocating for yourself. Okay. So you said that you have a book that you recently uh, had published and it is called, let me make sure I have it right. Okay, wait, say it one more time. I thought I had it written down here, but you said it's called My... My Sanity Quest. Sanity Quest. Okay. And you are also an author of children's books as well as an illustrator and a songwriter. So you started out doing that initially before the pandemic. 
So what prompted you, like you said, to start writing this book at this time in your life? Well, my son wanted me to write down stuff and share stuff. And uh, he, he wanted me, you know, to write the book. And so after many years, I just decided I'm going to get all my hospital records, both medical and um, psychological records. And I started writing this book, but he kept encouraging me. And I kept on hearing from him and other places that if you write down your trauma, it is the best way to heal from PTSD. So that is the reason why I wrote it. And then I realized that I could go and tell other people about what I went through. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I know I'm sure it was a little difficult to write because you have to relive some of the things that you went through, right? You know, the only thing, and I'm not kidding you, the only thing that bothered me when I, in the whole entire book was my relationship with my mom. Mm. Was It's still something that I'm trying to figure out. Other than that, I was astonished that I could recall every single detail of being raped, of being molested, the dream that I used to have right before I would have crawled in with my dad, all these things, specific details. And I did not have a problem, none. I had no problem. And then people wanted to hear, what have you written? What have you written? And I would read some of my stories to them and it didn't bother me at all. I don't get it. I like be healed. <laughs> Wow. Well, I mean, and that's great that, you know, they talk about that. You talk about journaling and writing things down and, and being able to release them. And so I'm sure it was a big release. Now you spoke about, uh, you know, a, a, a little bit of a challenge with your relationship with your mom. Has she, has she read your book? My mother passed away about eight or nine years ago. Okay. My condolences. I just realized some of the stuff that she hid. Um, and it was, yeah, I just, I figured out a bunch of things and reasons why things happened and stuff. Right. Right. And you were able to release some of that, I'm sure in the book and, and probably were able to, um, release some of the things that, uh, you possibly would have shared with her had she still been living, huh? Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> So it was just, it was just recalling a lot of what, what happened. Right. It, it, it was, it was hard when I was writing some of the stuff, you know, it touched me when we were all tiny, tiny little children and she had us get on our knees and pray that God would deliver us from, you know, being hurt while we slept because we were literally living in that fear of dying on a daily basis but that she did that and that I had Jesus in my heart from childhood still mm -hmm. do and and then the other things like um I went to a mental hospital because of her account and she didn't take me to a regular doctor and uh, just the way that she screamed at me and tore apart 
every part of my body and my mind and mm. thing. And I ran away from home and, and it was very confusing. And it, it was just a lot to deal with. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure because you expect that the person that is closest to you is, is, is going to advocate for you and is going to speak up for you. And, and you speak about, um, you know, being um, put in, in a, an institution, in a facility. And um, how was that experience for you with regards to you being able to say, well, you know, this is not where I feel I need to be. There was nothing I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom facilitated me being in there. She didn't, she stopped calling me. I only, I only got to talk to her on the phone once. She came to see me once. I was there for three months, 17 years old, mm-hmm. taking medications that made my jaws move the opposite way. Um, I was terrified. A couple needles in my butt thrown in a seclusion room, door locked on me. I, I was terrified. I don't know if I'm answering your question. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you share what you're comfortable sharing because we know that this is a sensitive topic. And like you say, PTSD and 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 going through these things and, and not feeling that you have a voice, you know, you speak uh, even in your book about, about, you know, advocating for your for your own mental health. And, and I'm sure that that helped you. So you said you were in, in that institution for three months and, and what happened when you got out? Well, I was 45 pounds heavier. Wow. Um, I, I had to finish school. I miraculously graduated on the B plus honor roll. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. Wow. And, and then it was just a roller coaster ride, a hurricane of whatever, psychiatric hospitals. It wasn't just one. Wow. Wow. And then like you said, medication. And and um, I'm sure that was difficult as well. Do you feel that some of the medication regulated you while you were going through school? Uh, the medication made me medicated. Mm. Wow. Well, it changes your brain chemistry. It, um, whatever medications you take and you add another one and you take away a few and your brain chemistry keeps changing. I barely, barely made it through that ceremony. Wow. I was like pretty much like a zombie. Yeah. And we hear a lot of that with, um, with medication and, and people putting on medication and, and becoming dependent on the medication and, and like you said, not being able to function in a way that you typically function, which I'm sure made some people think, okay, yeah, there is something wrong because look at how she's acting, not realizing that some of the medication is what caused you to act that way, right? Right. My uh, emergency room doctor prescribed me some hydrocodone a few wow. weeks ago. Uh, that made me really weird and my son who i hardly ever see happened to be in town for a funeral came over and he thought that i was having an episode because of that hydrocodone so you know my friend was sitting here saying you know um your mom is acting weird because she is taking this pill that's why she's acting weird but we couldn't convince him 
and he still wasn't convinced weeks after he left. And I'm sure and, that and, and I didn't do anything. And 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 I can get angry. And then I I, I mean angry with my arms hanging down at my side and I'm not threatening anybody. I'm just wow. angry. Wow. And and then I'm told I'm going to a hospital because I'm angry, or if I don't get enough sleep, or if I'm busy doing a lot of different projects, those are all mania and I am not listening. Those are lies from, I don't care what people think. Those are lies from the pit of hell. They come from Satan. I am not listening to that anymore. It's okay. I started a business. I have lots of cool things going on. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what do you think was the turning point? Because clearly at some point you got married and, and you, and you had your children. And so what, what do you think was a, a turning point? The turning point was the book. Wow. Wow. So even though, so you were still going through different episodes as you were going through, uh, the younger part of your adult life, huh? I've been going through episodes since I was 17. I just was in a hospital a year and a half ago. Wow. Wow. And I finished writing the book and it was like my whole head. It's just like the, well, like, um, I, like I have written in a magazine article, I was going to try and grab it over there, but I, I say now that I, when you, when you write it down, you take it out of your head and you put it on the paper. So my head now is pretty, it's kind of funny. My head's empty. There's nothing in there. <laughs> um, but now it feels like a fresh breeze is blowing through my head, you know? Wow. Wow. And I'm sure it has something that's powerful. It must feel good. Well, you know, I'll, I'll uh, let you know a little bit more about why that's good. Mm-hmm. Because when you have, or when I had all of those traumatic experiences in my head, um, they made obtrusive thoughts, intrusive things. All of a sudden, you know, a thought would pop into my head from 20 years ago or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You lay down and you try to go to sleep and all of a sudden all this junk is in your head and right. you're thinking stuff. And you don't even know if any of it or all of it is even real, but it's, it's in your head. I don't have that anymore. Right. Instead, I have space in there. So when a thought comes in that says, you know, Vicki, you haven't been sleeping very good the last few nights. You're getting sick. And I know I'm, I discern it. And I'm like, no, right. it's not. I refuse to believe that. And, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you something else that's making it really hard is there's been several people in my life that have called the police officers to come over and do welfare checks on me. Right. Wow. I've been sick. I end up going. Mm. So now everything's going so good. And I'm like, part of me is like, oh gosh, you know, because somebody was going to do that. They told me I was going to call the police on you because you were acting like you were getting sick Mm. my son probably would have if my friend wouldn't have been here that that's how serious the stereotyping 
and these myths. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like you said, when people start saying it and others start believing it and, and you're like, no. And, and, and like you said, you have to be able to advocate for yourself. But when you have a long history of going in and out of the hospital, people tend to think, oh, well, no, you're, you're being manic, like you said. And, and you're like, no, I'm not sick. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that your friend was there to advocate for you. And that's a lot of what's missing sometimes, too. And, and, and one thing that, that I find interesting is that, you know, you said that you've been dealing with this for such a long time and that you were able to finally release through the book. But, there, you know, when, when you think about someone having children and, and, and going through their daily life, there had to be some normalcy, something that made people think that, that everything was fine because you, you were a mom, you were able to raise your children to adulthood. And so, you know, there, there's, there's something to be said for that as well, right? I didn't raise my children to adulthood. Uh-huh. I, went in, I went in and out of hospitals and my children went in and out of foster care with grandma, with dad. Wow. <clears throat> and... And um, yeah, so no, I, I didn't, I didn't. But you have a relationship with them now? Well. Where they just come at least and see you every now and then? We have some interesting things going on. <clears throat> my daughter, my daughter right now is in Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, which is a Christian extremely amazing place where she can heal from her drugs alcohol trauma wow. learn how to cook clean take care of her finances and she's in there wow. then my son just just um, retired from the navy and i was able to go down there but i haven't been with them they're in oklahoma mm-hmm. in minnesota gotcha Gotcha. And I don't, I don't get to see them very much. And it's almost like we don't even know each other. Wow. Do you know if they were able to read your book and to see my son, what she has my book and after he told me to, to not hold back and to write it and stuff, he had a, he, he couldn't believe it. It, it was like way too much. Yeah, it was too much for him. Wow, wow! But at least he knows the story. At least he, at least he knows what happened. At least he understands the trauma that you had to, that you went through, through you know, your through almost all of your life. And so you know, like you said, hopefully it it creates a, a platform where where you know you can begin to build again. Like you said, say you, you're at a place where, where now you can release those things and, and be in a good space to be able to talk about them, to be able to, to uh, write about them and to have people understand that, you know, what you experienced isn't who you are. You know, sitting here and having an opportunity to talk to you and seeing you smile and 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 knowing that you have this this wonderful book that that you're sharing the story in, you know, it takes a lot. It's a lot of bravery. It's a lot to to be able to do, you know, after going through all of that. Do you do you mind if I just read? Uh, it's just the book description. Sure. 
Imagine being trapped inside your own body with a chemically induced brain, finding little ways to escape your thought process, but never enough to be totally free. Mm. My sanity quest is the story of how one woman realized she's not the lie, not the abuse, and she is not a mental illness. She has learned how to separate herself from those labels because she knows it's not her true identity. It's what happened to her. Her struggles defy stereotyping, but she overcomes challenges through faith and by learning to advocate for her own mental health treatment. Right. right. And that's what you've done. And I think that that's something to be applauded because it's not something that's easy for people to talk about. It's not something that's easy for people to relive. To relive. There are so many triggers that come from it's, that. It's not like that. I, I, don't, I don't know. God must have just designed this for me because I can hardly wait to get to a speech. I, have, I don't have any fear. I'm like, like a little kid, I'm going to go get a lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> speak um because the times that i've done it i have been so praised and so rewarded and so much gratitude for what i've shared that mm-hmm. i feel like i'm a part of the community i feel like man i'm doing something yeah yeah i'm on the other side of the cuffs beautiful and that's, are asking me. Yeah. <laughs> that's it you know and it's good to know that that's possible you know, for some people, for some people who think that that's impossible to get into that space and to see you doing it and doing it well and, and, and being able to, you know, to, to find joy in sharing that story. That's huge. That is huge, Vicki. It's huge. And so, you know, I applaud you. I applaud you for that. And that's why it was so important to have you come and to be here and to talk about, you know, the importance of mental health and, and to talk about how, you know, the journey is different for everybody, but it's not, it's not a, a, a death sentence. It's not how you have to spend the rest of your life. And you're showing that now in your later years, you have the freedom to be able to go out and to speak about it and that it, it is not what defines you. So to that, I say hats off. We, we are, I'm so thrilled that you're here to talk about this because that's what it, it's important for us to be able to do that. We can't heal if we don't release. Well, I'm really thrilled to be on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited about it. You are so good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But the one thing I want to do is I want to make sure that people know how to get in contact with you, how they can learn about uh, your book and where they can get it from and to find out, uh, you know, your availability for speaking engagements. And uh, I know we talked a little bit, um, you know, off the air about, you know, doing Zooms and, and being able to step outside of your comfort zone to do things like this, because, you know, when you have an opportunity to connect with people and now you have to do it electronically, it's another thing that you have to learn to do. And it's just like, ah, I don't want to do this. But <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. Well, look, you're getting, getting plenty of practice today. Okay. So give them your website. Tell me your website so they know how to get in contact with you. Okay. I can tell them. Yes. I can tell them that it's vickyjoe.com, but there's several ways how to spell Vicky. 
Okay, so t- tell them how to spell it. B-I-C-K-I-E. Okay, so it's Vicky and then it's J-O, not J-O-E. Right, it's J-O, VickyJoe.com. If they can't remember that, they can go to my sanity quest on Amazon and they will see my name. There you go. My sanity quest. So your book is available on Amazon. And I know that you have a beautiful website and they can click on it where it says you can get the book now and it will take you right to Amazon so that they can get a copy of your book and be able to read more about your story. Because we don't want to tell it all on the on the air. We want them to have you come out and talk about it and, and to hear about it on other platforms because it's so important. And like I said, you know, mental health is not something that just happens, you know, one month out of the year. It's, it's, it happens for people from all walks of life. We see it everywhere. And so we want to make sure that, that the message is, is going out and that people understand the importance of being able to reclaim your sanity and that it is, it's a quest. It is a quest. Yeah, and I found it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. And that it can be found that it's not impossible. It's not impossible, but it's important to have people in your corner. It's important to have people on your side. It's important to have people who are willing to share your story, you know, and that's, that's why we're here. We want to share your story. We want to make sure that people know that, that it is possible to, to live beyond, beyond the labels that people put on us, right? (laughs) That's it. I am so glad that you are here. And again, like I said, the website is www.vickyjoe.com and make sure that you grab a copy of her book. It's on Amazon. You can get the paperback or you can get the Kindle version of the book. And it's a beautiful book. And, uh, you know, she has quite a story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, before we wrap things up, I wanted to ask you, what is something that you do in the now, what are some things that you do that, that bring you peace and that bring you joy? My routine, and it's in the book, it's 12 steps. Okay. And it's also a plan of action. 12 steps, just a couple of them. Medication, same time of the day, every day, same medication, the right one. Right. Sleep, go to bed at night at the same time, try to get up at the same time in the morning eat and all these things, exercise, part-time job, all those things, those things that I do to stay mentally well. The other thing is the plan of action, which is also in my book, where I've created a team, my psychiatrist, my case manager, my mental, uh, my um, medication nurse, all these people and a couple friends, and we all get together and have team meetings. Everybody is on the same page. What is Vicky like when she needs help? And I had to get rid of a couple of people from my team because they were gaslighting toxic people. Right. And so, um, let's see, what was the other thing I was going to say? They know how well I'm doing and I get to hear, I get to be praised I and I get to hear how good I'm doing. That's great. Because those people, that team of people, my little angels fluttering all around me. Mm-hmm. That's it. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. You know, sometimes that's what we need. We need some routine. People need routine, especially when you've lived, uh, you know, a life of, of things being in, in a state of chaos. 
you know, <laughs> and to be able to have things be, be, uh, you know, routine and consistent, then you know what the expectation is. But I love that you say that you have a team of people that are working together. It's not one person saying one thing and another person saying another thing. They're all coming together to make sure that your best interest is being considered. And they're not doing things around you. They're doing things with you. And that's so important. There are literally releases signed. My friends can actually call my psychiatrist and have a conversation with the nurse. Yes. There's everybody has the a right to text, call, whatever. Every right. it, it's very connected. Yeah. But, but there is that you trust. There is a flaw. The flaw is people who think you're sick that are not involved mm-hmm. in the network and they call the police to do a welfare check and the and the police tell you we've heard you're suicidal and i look at them and say i've never had a suicidal thought in my brain in my life wow but there i go boom wow so wow. that is i just need to say one more thing really quick sure absolutely okay this is the most amazing de-escalation tool in the entire world. I am working on the police department is trying to get it. It is called the Vitals app. You can go to thevitalsapp.com. It is um, endorsed by NAMI and many other groups. Simply is an app that you put your met, you put all of your info in, police see it, 80 feet, it pings before they get to your door. They open it up. They know who I might need to call if they should stand 15 feet away from me. Yes, DS, that will solve all my problems with people calling. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, like you said, it's so important to know these things and, and to have things like this so that, that way people aren't living in fear. And people have steps in place that, that, you know, can be followed to make sure that they're safe, you know, because it's important for, for them to be safe, for you to be safe, the person, the persons around you to feel safe. And so, you know, we need things like this. I wanted to make sure that I gave them the, um, the, um, full name for NAMI, because I know that that is, um, an acronym. It's the National Alliance of the Mentally Ill. Yes. Yes. Okay. So make sure that you check that out. NAMI, they have different um, organizations throughout the country. They have different sites and and different states and different activities that they do. So that's something that you can plug into as a resource. And she said, it's the vital app. Now, is it APP or AP when you say the vital app? It's the vitals, vitals, V-I-T-A-L-S app, app.com. Very good. And what I'll do is I'll make sure that I put that in the description as well so that people can click on that and and find out more information about that as well. We also need to be sharing it because the police department did not know about it. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm glad that there are things out there and that, and that, like I said, you have a team of angels that are working with you that are, 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 you know, have your best interests at heart and that, you know, it's possible for others to, to experience this as well but it's making sure that that someone is there to advocate for you and that you trust them 
And like you said, I'm, I, I'm happy to hear that, you know, you have that discernment to say, okay, this person is toxic. This person is, is, is not looking out for my greatest uh, interest. And so I need to find someone else. And so I'm sure that's a process. It takes a lot to get to the point. I used to be, I used to be like this. I used to be, I'm just going to give you a quick example. Okay. Sure. Say I went on a date with a guy and I was going to get out of the car and go in the house. Right. Mm-hmm. But he, he puts his hand on my knee, like, oh no, you know, mm-hmm. and I did not have the ability to say anything. It, I didn't, I, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say, I need you to take your hand off my leg or get your damn hand off my leg, right. you know, or stuff like that. And there came a time, I'm pretty sure I prayed about it. There came a time where I said, what the heck? No. Right. Thank you. And so now, not only do I not let anybody mess with me, but I don't let anybody mess with anybody around me either. (laughs) There There you go. So not only are you advocating for yourself, you're advocating for others too and making sure that they're safe. And that's awesome. I don't always want you to, but I try. Right, right. And just like you said, to be able to go out and to speak is so brave to be able to do that, to be able to go out and to speak with confidence, you know, because like you said, not everybody can do that. And so some some of it's kind of scary. Like when I share, when I had a delusion that the people that were working in the gravel pit next to my house were sacrificing babies. I mean, come on, I actually shared that with the fire department. But I mean, I shared the whole story, you know, it it comes, it's, um, it's, it's in my book. I'm not telling you anymore. <laughs> That's right. They have to get the book. <laughs> they have to get the book. If they want to know about it, they have to get the book. Absolutely. It's not. Right. It, it, but, but, but it's your story. It's your legacy. It's, 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 it's letting people come in, into a space that's, that can be a very sensitive space for some you know, and you're breaking through that glass ceiling and saying, okay, this is not how I'm going to live out the rest of my life. And you'll be able to share that story. And now that that book is going to be around, you know, in publication for, for people to read for years to come. And that's important. It's important that we do that. And so again, I want to say thank you to you for coming, for sharing, for, for giving us some uh, guidance on some things that we can do. And, and that it's not hopeless that, that, you know, it's a possibility to be on a sanity quest and to actually arrive at a place of peace. So again, I thank you and I wish you the best in everything that you do. I know that I will probably have you come back and share some more because we're not done. There, there are a lot of things to talk about, a lot of different aspects. We can't cover it all in, in the short amount of time that we're together but it's, it's gl- I'm glad that you're here. We're at least starting the conversation. You are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What, is it, uh-huh. I want you to be my sister. <laughs> well, we are sisters. We are sisters in Christ. So yeah, it's already started. So look, yeah, you're stuck with me now. you are stuck with me okay so is there anything else that you want to leave with any words that you want to leave with our listeners before we go
probably the besides spending time with God, probably mm -hmm. my lifeline that keeps me going mm -hmm. is calling somebody, calling mm -hmm. the warm line, calling a friend, calling anybody just to talk to somebody mm -hmm. because I realized a long time ago that I was bottling up stuff and I wasn't talking about it. And I, when I feel like something is really bothering me, yeah. I have to let it out. Yeah. Talk, you know, somebody. <laughs> okay, that's important. There, there, there is nothing, you said that is great, and then be able to reach out and to connect with somebody who can help you to navigate past what it is that you're feeling. Because when we and hold it in, it's harder. The other thing that works really nice when you're really feeling like so into yourself and like you can't get out, you know, is to try to find somebody to do something nice to. Nice. I love that. But bring somebody some keys or just talk to them. I have an 83 year old neighbor next door. Mm -hmm. I just, my, I make, when I make food, I make a big batch and I bring it over to him. And nice. I don't know. It brings you joy. It brings you joy. Being on this podcast is bringing me joy too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, like I said, I am so glad that you are here. I'm so glad that you came and, and talked about it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to try to see about getting a, a hard copy cover of your book because I have to have your autograph. I have to add it to my library. I have a library of all of the books from people who have been on my show. So we've got to try to do that. You make sure that I get a copy so that we can have you sign it and send it to me. So that way I'll have it as part of my library. All you have to do is, is email me your address and then okay. I your name that you want on there. And then I can just go in my closet and get one. And I <laughs> Awesome. That doesn't happen for everybody. Y'all got to have to buy your book. <laughs> and I have, I have a copy of the book here as well, but I want to get a special copy so I can have it to add to my library. Okay. Cause you're my, like you say, you're my forever sister. So I got to have you have your book in my library. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So again, like I said, what I'll do is I will be putting her, um, her website and the, um, myvitalsapp.com uh, link in the description for the show and you'll be able to like i said learn more about her speaking engagements more about her book more about the app and things that they can do uh in conjunction with the police and uh we'll look forward to getting that information out to you all right we all good vicky yeah. We're all good. Okay. And that will do it for this edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. And until we see you the next time, I say peace.